This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti. My beautiful wife, Remy, is off again this week, so I'm going solo. It is great to be with you on all of our radio affiliates across the country. We got through week one of the NFL season. It was a busy, crazy week for me. I was in D.C. for the Washington Commanders. First game is the Commanders. Carson Wentz's first game with Washington. Carson, of course, obviously has been on this show several times, and he was going up against Doug Peterson, his former Eagles coach and now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Doug, of course, has been on this show, did some events with both guys and really enjoyed seeing both of them. And it was a great game from Washington's perspective. So Carson Wentz, four touchdown passes. First time he threw four touchdown passes since the day he tore his ACL-LCL and he did that against the Rams on December 10th, 2017. His fourth touchdown pass came after he tore his knee ligament. So it was cool to catch up with both guys, see a great football game back in Florida. And this week, our guest is Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker, Ryan Suckup, who is he's a great guy, excellent player. Really enjoyed this conversation with Ryan. He's got an awesome perspective on on football, being a Super Bowl champion, not allowing himself to get caught up in the world, in the worldly treasures, and focusing on the Lord and his family. So stay tuned for that conversation coming up. I introduced myself to Ryan last week and told him about the show, and he said, yeah, all for it, and this week we made it happen. So I want to get into a little bit of the world and the treasures, and, and we live in a society that tells us our worth is in what we accomplish, in what we achieve, in all of the things that we accumulate in on social media. It's our follower count, it's our likes, it's our retweets, it's our shares, all of this stuff that the world values, but truly, none of it really matters. And I feel like I found my true peace, my joy, my happiness in the Lord, and you know my story, and I've detailed it for so many times, but I feel like oftentimes in life, we we want to trade what we have or where we are, our current standing for something else, for something better. And we're willing to give up, we're willing to give things up in the process to get there. And depending on what we're willing to give up, we may cross that line of actually going against who we are being true to ourselves and our values and our beliefs. One of my favorite, favorite Bible verses is Mark eight thirty six. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? And I know we've highlighted that verse oftentimes on this show. Uh, for sure, I know when we had Coach Tony Dungy on at least a couple years ago because that was one of his favorite Bible verses in my book, Football Faith. But there are so many ways to look at this. And you, and you look at what good is it to gain the whole world yet forfeit your soul? And, and in, in my world, in, in the media business as an NFL writer, sometimes you're, you're challenged by reporting information that you know will get you recognition, but at the same time, you don't want to report something that may paint someone in a bad light when they ask you not to, and it's off the record, so you don't even have permission to do it. And sometimes we're challenged also with 
constantly being negative and constantly being critical and cynical. And I see that so often. And, and there are people who we live in a hot take media world where one day you're, you're coming down hard on this coach or this quarterback or this player or this GM and, and people eat that up and it gets you more likes and it gets you more popular and, and it may land you more gigs and uh, on television and on radio and whatever it may be. And, and I feel like if, if it's something that I'm, I'm not comfortable Saying to someone in person, I'm not going to put it on social media and I'm not going to criticize them. There's a way to go about criticism of performance without attacking someone. For example, this past Monday night, Monday night football, Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson, his first game in Denver, going up against the Seattle Seahawks, his homecoming, and the fans in Seattle are booing him, thunderous boos. I've never heard such such hate for a guy who meant so much to the franchise, but I don't want to digress. And then they get in a situation where it's the end of the game and they reach a fourth and five and they're driving for a potential winning field goal. They get the ball to the 46-yard line and rookie head coach Nathaniel Hackett, after about 40 seconds off the clock, instead of calling a timeout, they finally call a timeout and they bring in a kicker, Brandon McManus, to attempt a 64-yard field goal. And he misses. I don't think anyone agreed with that decision from a media perspective, from a former player perspective, anyone on the outside world. But there's a way to say, hey, that was a poor decision. You paid Russell Wilson all this money to come in here and put the ball in his hands at clutch time. And instead, you're asking a kicker to make the second second longest field goal in NFL history. It didn't work. And to his credit, Nathaniel Hackett the next day said, yeah, I should have, we should have went for it. Called a timeout, should have went for it with Russell Wilson. I'm not calling for his job. I'm not going to say he's overmatched. I'm not going to say he he should be fired. It was his first game. It was his first game in real time trying to make a decision like that. So there's ways that you can be critical without attacking a person's character. And I see that so often in so many various ways. But as we talk about forfeiting our soul to gain the whole world, and we look at the trade-offs that we like to do sometimes. Maybe you're in the business profession, and you consider, well, perhaps I I, want to do whatever I can to get ahead. So maybe you, you lie, you manipulate, you stretch the truth, you step on people's toes. Now, what good is it in the end to get where you want to be, but how you got there wasn't the right way? Or maybe you're in a relationship, but you're not happy. And rather than communicate your unhappiness to your significant other, you go behind his or her back. You're looking for someone else in a different relationship. And ultimately, you find that person and whether you're unfaithful or your partner finds out, and the, rather than having a conversation, rather than communicate those feelings. Sometimes we give up small things. Sometimes we give up big things. But the big question in life is, what are we willing to give up to get what we want? Because if we listen to the outside world, it tells us fame, money, glory is valuable. It's what we should strive for. 
It tells us that's what we need to achieve. That's what we need to attain. And there are people, many of us, who buy into that and are willing to give up everything and trade everything to go get it. But how much are we really willing to give up to accumulate worldly treasures? Because when we think about relationships, our reputation, our soul is even more valuable. And are we willing to give that up? I've allowed this verse personally, Mark 8, 36. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? For me, that, that's, that's been a spiritual guide. It's become a, a life verse. It's forced me to, di- to make difficult decisions, pass up opportunities that maybe the rest of society tells me, you'd be crazy to give this up. And it, it's happened to me before in Hollywood when Remy and I had an opportunity to do our own reality show. It's happened in radio. It still happens doing radio. Sometimes, you know, you want to, if you say controversial, controversial stuff, you're, you're going to get all these ratings and popularity. But I, so I have to constantly, because my goal, my aim is I want to please God. I don't want to please people. I mean, I'd love to be popular and please people, but if I'm living my life to make others happy, I'm almost certain I'm not going to please the Lord. So I constantly have to check my intentions and make sure that I don't sell out. And forfeiting my soul to gain the world is a deal that I'm not willing to make. So I need to continue to fight that battle. All of us do. So no matter where you are, in what space, in your profession, in life, personal goals, work, career goals, what are you willing to give up? Because sacrifices are great. You sacrifice personal success sometimes for the good of your family. You sacrifice for your your children and and you spend time with them. I'm I'm constantly battling and have to balance. I got to spend more time with my kids, more time with my wife, less time here, less time doing that. But the one trade I'm not willing to make is I don't want to forfeit my soul to gain the whole world. So I want you to ask yourself this week, what are you willing to give up to get what you want? Because I sure hope that you're not willing to give up your soul to gain the whole world. Up next, you'll hear from Ryan Suckup. You're listening to Faith on a Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Hi, this is Remy Mahdi, co-host of Faith on a Field Show. I am so excited to be a part of an amazing team at Weikert Realtors Exclusive Properties in Tampa and the surrounding areas. Real estate has been a passion of mine for several years. I love beautiful homes. I love beach homes. I love new homes. I just love helping you buy your dream home or sell the one you're in. So if you are already in this beautiful sunshine state or if you want to move to fabulous Florida, I'm your girl. Call me at 717-503-4924 or email me at remymadi at gmail.com. 
That's R-E-M-Y-N-A-A-D-D-I at gmail.com. Since 1930, the Heritage family has proudly served the communities of South Jersey. From humble roots, Heritage's dairy stores now operates 33 convenient locations. Their desire is to become your convenience store of choice, not just because of their welcoming atmosphere, but because of their fresh, quality products. Heritage's milk is still the sweetest, coffee's hot and fresh, and Heritage's full-service delis offer the best local ingredients prepared and sliced on-site, far exceeding the competition. Heritage's Dairy Stores. It's not just our name, it's our heritage. This is Derrick Henry, and you listen to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome back to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with Remy. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonthefieldshow.com, find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an incredible lineup of guests. You can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms. You'll hear the full interviews on there. Be sure also to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow us at Faith on the Field and tell a friend or two about the show. I want to take a minute to thank our awesome sponsors. Please check them out on our website, International Justice Mission. They do phenomenal work in Heritage's dairy stores. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show, help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at team at faithonthefieldshow.com. We have various packages we can cater specifically to fit your needs. Our goal is to be on a sports radio station in every state everyone. And if you don't have a business to advertise on, but you want to help the ministry, we do have a donate button on our page on faithonafieldshow.com. Our guest this week, Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker Ryan Suckup, who came to the Bucks in 2020 after 11 seasons in Kansas City and Tennessee. He helped Tampa win the Super Bowl that season. He made all nine of his field goal tries in four playoff games. Here is my conversation with Ryan Suckup. Ryan, thank you for joining me and congratulations on a, a big win in Dallas. You made Four field goals in the first half of that game. Obviously, the, the offense wants to score in a red zone. But for you, how's it feel to go out there? Sunday night football, every time you look up and, and there you are out on the field. Personally, you have a big game, especially after you, you had to go through a competition in training camp. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great, great team win for us on Sunday night. You know, uh, yeah, it was exciting to be a part of it. Good to be back to football and, you know, have, have games that are, that are meaningful again. So um, great night, great team win. And, uh, you know, was excited to be able to go out there and, and you know, get a good bit of action. And, um, you know, thankful we were able to, able to put some points on the board. Now, you came to Tampa in 2020. You'd already been in the league for 11 seasons. And you go on, the team goes on to have this incredible run. You have a ton of success. You win a Super Bowl. How does that, becoming a champion, does it impact you personally? And if so, how? Yeah, it was um, – you know, I think when I look back on that, I think there are uh, were a lot of really cool things that happened along the way. Um, obviously, to play the game, you you know, we play a game at a really high level, and it's incredibly difficult to win the Super Bowl. So it is very rewarding being able to do that and to be a part of that. Um, at the same time, for me, I think when I look back on that, like cooler than the ring, cooler than actually like holding up the Lombardi Trophy, cooler than doing all those things – was just like seeing the way that God was working through all of that in my life and a lot of our teammates' lives. Um, just kind of seeing seeing that just come to life the way that it did. And there's just so many things that happen along the way where you look back and, and you go, man, this is just really powerful uh, seeing the way that the Lord works. And that was uh, that's what I'll remember the most about that. A lot of guys tell me years later, it's the relationships they build that they miss the most. It's the camaraderie and the friendships more so than the accolades. 
how are you seeing those develop in Tampa? And then do you still have those relationships with guys from Kansas City in Tennessee? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the locker room is a really neat place. And uh, I'm thankful for a lot of the guys I've been able to play with. You know, yeah, like you said, all the way. I mean, I still have have friends from, from my days back in Kansas City. Um, you know, to Tennessee, we live Nashville's home for us now. Uh, and we kind of do life with a lot of guys that are actually still playing for the Titans. And, uh, you know, families are friends. Our kids are friends. And it's just kind of a, a really cool uh, – it's a really cool community and um, something I'm really thankful for. And, and those friendships I know are going to be friendships for the rest of our lives. You know, we're on different teams. At some point we're all going to be done playing. But I know that those friendships will go on much longer than our careers did. So uh, that's something that I'm really grateful for. For a guy who was drafted the last player in the 2009 draft, Mr. Irrelevant is what they call the player who goes last. To be in year 14 on a team like this with the expectations that they have, could you have imagined that you would have this long, successful career and be in this position when the Chiefs called you way back when? (laughs) No, I think um, I remember when I got when I got drafted by the Chiefs. and I didn't even know if I would be drafted or not. Obviously, I had to had to wait till the very last pick. But um, I remember when I signed my, my rookie contract, and I think it was a three-year contract. And I remember thinking, gosh, if I can just play like two of these years, I'll, I'll be off to a great start. That will really help set my family up. And, um, you know, you look back on it, and um, it's just amazing. It's, it's greater than anything I could have imagined. Um, I, I've been super blessed along the way to just play with some great players, be in some great situations, and um, – you know, I'm just very grateful for for all the opportunities that I've had. You've had to battle some adversity throughout your career. Everybody does. There's ups, there's downs. You've had some injuries. You you've moved on. You've been released. How does you know what helps you deal with those troubles, those issues, even the uncertainty that goes with life as a kicker in the NFL is kind of almost a week to week thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that's been able to help me with that. Um, probably the biggest, honestly, is, um, is my faith. You know, I think early on in my career, it's, it's very, and even now it's, it's a battle. I would be lying if I said, I don't still struggle with this, but I think it's so easy to get consumed with our performance, especially when we do something that has so many eyeballs on it as the NFL. Uh, it's very easy to be consumed by that. And when that's good, we're good. But then the problem is when that's not good, are we going to be on that roller coaster? Because I don't think that's a good way to go. And I think for me, um, you know, I've I've been really fortunate to, to kind of get to the point where I love to play the game. I love football. I love working at it. But it's not the most important thing in my life. My relationship with the Lord is the most important. My family comes next. And then on down the line is football. And so and I can truly say that. And so in a way, it takes the pressure off because it allows me to go out there and be free where it's like, Lord, I know you, you've got me here. I'm going to go out. I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to trust you. And. It, it frees you up and it allows you to go play um, with a sense of peace that I don't think I would have if I, if I didn't have that faith. Ryan, I know some guys feel extra pressure when they're playing with Tom Brady, especially offensive linemen. They don't want to let him down. As a kicker, do you feel any of that? You know, um, one of the things that's been really cool about about getting to play with Tom is um, he just makes everybody better. Uh, and And he's such a leader. He treats everybody so well. I think that's one of the things I've been so impressed with. You know, I didn't really know what to expect. I had never met him before I got here. And um, just how intentional he is, um, whether it's, you know, it can be anybody in the building, and he's just always so gracious with his time. He's, um, you know, just uh, just a, a guy that you just want to go out there and do your best for. Um, and so, I, you know, that's been really cool to get to play for him, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that opportunity. Love to get your thoughts from a kicker's perspective on, Monday Night Football, I'm sure you're aware by now. I don't know if you were watching it live, but 
Broncos, Seahawks, Brandon McManus tries a 64-yard field goal at the end, and everyone's questioning, well, why'd they take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands on fourth and five? What do you think in it as a kicker when, when you see a coach go for a 64-yard field goal? What goes through your mind? Um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've heard a little bit about that. I, I try to kind of stay away from these ones just because, you know, it's, that's, it's not my uh, – not, not my place. But, um, you know, it looked unfortunate how it turned out. But, um, yeah, tough, tough situation. Now, his line was the 46. Is there a point before each game? Like, do you tell – do you communicate to special teams coach or any coaching staff, I'm comfortable from here? Does it change game to game conditions or, or things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> we always we'll, – we'll go out in pregame and, and kind of see how the ball's flying each, each direction. Um, and then I'll communicate that to, to, to Coach Armstrong, our special teams coordinator. And then, he, you know, he'll relay that to the head coach. So, yeah, we, we certainly have a number in mind. And, um, you know, we do our best to, to stick to that number. Ryan, I know your faith means a lot to you, and I, I can tell through uh, the way we've had this conversation so far. I was raised in a Catholic church. My journey, though, my faith journey with the Lord didn't really take off until I personally started diving into reading the Bible. For you, when did you start growing in your faith? Yeah, great question. Um, I was the same way, man. I you know I grew up in the church. My parents taking me to church, Sunday school, all the things, um, and that was. And I'm thankful for that, and I think that was important. But for me, it really wasn't until I got to college. And I remember I got invited to a Bible study that was led by other guys on the team. And uh, I started going to that. And then I went to some like our chapel services that we would have, you know, the night before the game. And that was really the first time where I realized, like, it wasn't my parents taking me to church. It was like, hey, I, other your peers were asking you to go. Um, and I also realized how much I really needed the Lord. You know, everything was was pretty uh growing up, coming through school, high school, all that. It was everything was comfortable. And I remember getting to college and, and really realizing my need for the Lord. And um, I did the same thing. The more I started diving into that word, the more that I just realized the truth that was in it and how much I wanted it and I craved it and I needed it. Um, and, you know, from there, uh, I have been able to grow. And uh, it's just been amazing to see the work that, you know, that God has done in my life and, and the ways that he's blessed me. So I would say for me, it was really my my first couple of years of college. And, and how do you now, as, as a professional, it, make sure you stay fed on a weekly basis, Bible studies, teammates, how do you do it? What what do you go through? What's your process? Because obviously Sundays, you know, you can't be in the church, but I always say church is where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a couple of things we have, we have a Thursday Bible study with the Bucks that, we, that is, uh, you know, we have a good, good crew of players coming in there every Thursday. We also have a chapel service on Saturday nights, night before the game, which is awesome. Um, and then for me, you know, as you mentioned, we're, we're in, we're playing on Sundays. But there are so many resources nowadays. Like I'll I'll get on my my In Touch app and I'll listen to you know several Charles Stanley's little podcasts every every week or or other guys. I'll listen to Tony Evans or just other pastors, just making sure that I'm getting the word. But I think more importantly than that is, you know, the sermons are great and I get a lot out of those. But for me, it's just being disciplined and and making sure that I'm spending time every day actually reading the word. You know, being in the word, uh, spending time in prayer. Uh, and, and being committed to that because it's just uh, it's amazing, you know, the, the, just our perspective and, the, and the, how things change when we're when we're consistently in the Word and, and spending time in prayer uh, versus not doing that. Ryan, it's so easy to get caught up in whatever the world tells you is important. You kind of touched on this, but when you're an athlete, when you're a Super Bowl champion, how do you make sure your identity rests in Christ instead of in your accomplishments? <clears throat> well, uh, one thing that I've had this conversation with. Uh, several guys on on the Bucks, and one of the things that has always been, struck me as so interesting is there's there's guys you play with and coaches you coach with that are 
they'll talk about how they're doing this to win a rank and how there is so much emphasis on winning a rank. And I, I distinctly remember like the morning after the Super Bowl, uh, after we had won the Super Bowl and I, you know, I was, my wife was obviously in town and we had two kids at the time. And that next morning at like 10 in the morning, it was just my wife and my two kids and we were at the park and we were just pushing our kids on the swing and watching them go down the slide. And it was really just life as normal. And the, the idea that like that ring or that Super Bowl championship is going to provide like some type of like lasting fulfillment. Um, I just think that's not what happens after you win it. Um, and so the neat part about that is that we don't, not everybody's going to be a Super Bowl champion, but what everybody does have is the opportunity to receive Jesus into their heart and then walk with the Lord every day. And that's what really provides fulfillment for me. Like that Super Bowl ring is a really, it's really cool. I'm thankful for it, but it, it does not provide any more fulfillment than before I had it. It does not change anything about me really. Um, and that's something that only our relationship with the Lord can do. And that, that was kind of neat to go through that and actually get to really experience that firsthand. And what's cool is there's been like several guys I've talked to that are like, Oh, absolutely. Like they feel the same way. So it's, it's kind of neat. What's awesome is you being able to experience that and now be being able to, to relay that information and, and those feelings to, to other people. And I, I appreciate that. Now I, I believe firmly in using my platform and, and using sports to spread a message of, of joy, of hope and peace in Christ and Ryan, clearly you feel the same way. How important is that for believers who have even a bigger platform to do the same? Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's something that that I've always felt like, I've, you know, God's given me an opportunity by playing in the NFL. And, you know, he's, he's blessed me with the opportunity to go and, you know, speak to whether it be, you know, different FCA groups or different schools or, you know, different churches and, and, and share your faith. And um, that's been really cool. It's been really cool to be able to do that. And, um you know, I, that's why I like when you asked me about doing this, man, I was like, absolutely, let's do it. And because uh, I know I know what you're about promoting the gospel and, uh, you know, spreading the word. And I, I think that's what we're called to do. So uh, I think, you know, this is this is awesome. Amen, brother. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you spending uh, a few minutes with me here and, and wish you a, a ton of blessings along the way, Ryan. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. That's it for this week. Thank you to Ryan Suckup. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our Faith on a Field Show team. And thank you for listening to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Hi, this is Remy Motti, co-host of Faith on a Field Show. I am so excited to be a part of an amazing team at Weikert Realtors Exclusive Properties in Tampa and the surrounding areas. Real estate has been a passion of mine for several years. I love beautiful homes. I love beach homes. I love new homes. I just love helping you buy your dream home or sell the one you're in. So if you are already in this beautiful sunshine state or if you want to move to fabulous Florida, I'm your girl. Call me at 717-503-4924 or email me at remymadi at gmail.com. That's R-E-M-Y-M-A-A-D-D-I at gmail.com. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action. Get information. Understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. 
with 33 convenient locations. Heritage's Dairy Stores desires to be your deli of choice. Heritage's full-service delis offer great-tasting products for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Harry Egg Breakfast Sandwich, made with two farm-fresh eggs, cheese, choice meat on a fresh Kaiser roll, makes mornings simple. Heritage's famous subs are built on freshly baked Lysio rolls and feature Dietz & Watson premium meats and cheeses, freshly sliced anytime. Making lunches at home? Try one of our lunchbox specials, which are sure to please. Heritage's Dairy Stores, our family, your hometown deli.